Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Five, six, seven, eight. Season three. Yay, season three. We're finally here. We're doing it. All right, here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. It's a bonus episode today. Surprise. We are releasing our season three recap finally. It was supposed to be released back in July, but we're releasing it now. Yeah, it's because the SAG strike is over or suspended yeah. um, at this time. And we can go back to talking uh, about our favorite show on our rewatch podcast. I know. But we delayed it because we felt like it was like in tandem with our rewatch. Mm-hmm. And so because we paused our rewatch while the strike was happening, we felt like we should hold off on this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just kind of been sitting <laughs> in the abyss for the yeah. last several on the months. Drive. Yeah. Uh, so much so that I thought that we had completely edited it, but our editor just did the first pass. And so yeah. I'm listening to this and I'm like, oh my God, I never actually listened to this episode. And it's yeah. so interesting <laughs> because we are about to dive back in on Patreon to season four, episode one, Ballrooms and Biscotti. We just recorded that episode the other day. Oh, so oh I'm so excited. And it's just so funny because we recorded that kind of blindly forgetting about everything we had talked about at the end of season three. Yeah. And now re-listening to that, it's just... It's funny. I haven't gotten to our season four predictions yet, um, yeah. but I'm really intrigued to hear those. Them. No, I haven't listened. <laughs> I know. I don't remember what I said in July. <laughs> well, in July it was so interesting because it, it was also kind of a hard time uh, energy-wise because you had just come back from Italy from your brother's wedding and you got really, really sick. Right. Um, so yeah. I could kind of hear it in your voice still. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, it's just so funny that this is like a time capsule. It's like right before the SAG strike hit. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just funny because when we listen to our episodes, we listen to them once after they've done been done. And then we don't really revisit them. We did revisit yeah. some of them on Patreon in the interim of not doing our rewatch episodes. And that was really exciting. But yeah. I'm just happy that we can resume our rewatch. Please join us on Patreon. We'd love to have you there. I know. We're having a good time. The episode that we recorded for it's coming out on the 24th. Um, we it like went very long just because we were having such a fun time. We were just so happy to be back we're back yeah it's so exciting <laughs> and what a great episode to start with ballrooms and biscotti season four we're both really excited about season four yeah i forgot how much i love that episode yeah, and how too. many things happen in season four that i'm just excited for me too um and i don't know what the predictions are at the end of this episode you and me both babe <laughs> <laughs> I predict that I have predictions. You definitely um, do. But it's so funny. I was listening to our kind of recap about season three and how chaotic it was. And I kind of forgot about that. But season yeah. three was a bit chaotic. So I'm very it intrigued was. to go into season four. It's a new era. But before we do that, we are releasing our thoughts on season three. And we hope you enjoy. Five, six, seven, eight. Dave, Dave Everybody, welcome back to Gilmore to Say. Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. 
We're here to talk po, about season pose, three. Pose, <laughs> pose, pose. Haley's upset because I don't know a song that I think is a Taylor Swift song, but she won't tell me. It is. She doesn't know Long Live. Maybe if I heard it, I would know it. Maybe, perhaps. But that's the energy that <laughs> we're going so into this. right now. <laughs> oh, That's man. the energy we're going into this with today. Pose, pose, pose. How appropriate. Pose, pose, pose. I know. Really, it is. That would yeah. be our topical tea today. It really would be. <laughs> <laughs> Faux hosts, foes. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just going to stop at hosts. Hose. <laughs> oh, hoes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That, that works. Because we're talking about season three today. We are. I'm so excited about this. Like, we went are over you? the trajectory of our episode yesterday, and I was kind of like, okay, let's let's see what happens. And as I started getting into it, I was like, man, I love this season. I know we kind of left off on a note of like, yeah, the season was a little chaotic. I think that it probably changed in our rankings. And while yeah. I do agree with the chaos, as I started going through these faves, least faves, you know, characters we meet, I was like, damn, this is a good season. We meet so many new characters. <gasps> so many new people. Some people who are like super pivotal to the story and other people who are just like one-offs and we never see again. They like never see them again. Never see them but, again. But we love them. But I think that's the thing. It's like, I don't dislike season three. Oh, I know you don't. There's episodes that I love. I think as a whole is kind of what it is, is like season three, season two, like as a whole, as we talked about in the last Tip a canoe in season two. Mm-hmm. Like that just felt, it just felt like like the arc of it as a Very whole. Very cohesive. Yeah. Very cohesive. Like the only thing that was kind of a blunder was what happened with Max at the beginning and how it's kind of abruptly ended. And we talked about yeah. that being a prologue. But yeah. other than that, it's a pretty cohesive season, some stellar episodes. I, I think it's all around probably one of their strongest seasons, as yeah. we've talked about in the past. But season two. Three all over the place <laughs> kind of loses itself in that regard a little bit. It's not as cohesive, but we have some incredible episodes. Yeah, but like this is like a really an episode season. Like yeah. it's like the moments are so strong and so good, but when it's not good, it's not good. It falls flat. But yeah, I say that with the caveat of like I love season three. I like love I love three. This whole show, and so I think that's a thing of like it's so sometimes confusing to I imagine hear us talking about this show and being like oh I didn't like that when in actuality I do really like it it's just such a weird thing to watch the show that we do the way that we do on Patreon like so intensely like Mm -hmm. I don't watch any TV show the way that we watch the show on Patreon but I can also like turn on Gilmore Girls and just like have it on and have no thoughts just vibes yeah it's so true I think going through it the way that we did made me like season three less, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make me like season three less in my heart. Mm-hmm. I you know understand. I mean? <laughs> yeah. And we're going to kind of see, we're going to end with how this changed in our rankings. Yeah. So let's get into it. And we'll break it down and then we'll see kind of where we stand, where we land at the end of it. Yeah. Because this part was like the most confusing, the one that the, like we're starting with here, which is like what the act breaks of season three are, because mm-hmm. I had such a hard time figuring this out. Because I think with season two, it just felt like so cut and dry. Like mm-hmm. whether we were doing it for Lorelai or Rory, it was like a little bit off. But for this one, I had a really hard time. Okay, I'm curious to know where you put Act 1. So where does – obviously, Act 1 starts with lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. Where does it end for you? I couldn't decide this. I put after Episode 6. Which is? Take the deviled eggs. Interesting. Okay. I put after Episode 7, they shoot Gilmore's, don't they? 
That to me feels like a good act one ender because I recognize that they shoot Gilmore's Don't They and Let the Games Begin and Deep Fried Korean Thanksgiving are kind of a trio. So it feels weird to separate them. But like when you think about it, it's the end of Dean and Rory. It's the end of Shane and Jess. Like there's a lot that kind of comes to a head and then comes to an end that I feel leaves you on a cliffhanger. I recognize that, you know, They Shoot Gilmore's Don't They is a very, very hot episode. But like it feels like it's like the the end of that first act. Yeah. Like the curtains close after Mm -hmm. Shane is murdered by the... Stars Hollow Mafia. That I'll talk about that later in the in show. My notes. <laughs> that yeah. did happen. If you missed that, I don't know if you missed that in that episode, but that did occur. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it's just facts. Yeah. I, I, okay. I can see that. I can you know see what that I mean? because just like it's the end there. I guess I was looking at it in terms of like kind of like sections of honestly, it was like Rory and Jess were the ones that were really driving my act breaks here because like there's not like a ton of like through line like that with Lorelai as much. I feel like she's really episodic. But so I was really looking at this in terms, honestly, in terms of Jess is really mm. how I was looking at this in general. I hear well, that. Jess, well, I hear Jess. that. So I can, yeah, okay. I'll come over to your camp and I'll end it Thank at you. seven. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. All right. So if we start act two with let the games begin, where does it end for you? This one, this was hard for me. Yeah, because I had seven and then I ended it after that'll do pig. Oh, interesting. How many acts did you break it into? Like 17. (laughs) Great. Excellent. You know, I did do That'll Do Pig, but I don't agree with what I wrote down here. And there's a question mark after it. And I don't know what the question mark necessarily means. Well, here's the thing is if we wanted to break this into three acts, Uh act two would be an extra long one for me. Because I would start it at Let the Games Begin. Okay. And I was torn on where I would end it. And we can break this one down into a further, you know, into two acts if we want to. There are two options. We could end it at A Tale of Pose and Fire. See, I put that, like, as definitively the only one that I did know, which is that A Tale of Pose and Fire is the end of two. Like, that is the only part of it that I knew. And then beyond that is Act 3. And I did struggle with that just a little bit, just in terms of, like, air date, because the big one, there was that huge, like, spring hiatus between the big one and A Tale of Pose and Fire. It was like... Yeah, it was February 25th to April 15th. Yeah, that's a huge jump. Yeah. So that was, like, one of them that I was, like, trying to think of in terms of, like them actually telling the story and like a break there of like is a tale of pose and fire like the beginning or the end but i think that a tale of pose and fire is like the only one that i was like that's definitively right before act three and then happy birthday baby because like it was like i didn't know where the middle part was do you know what i mean yes i fully fully hear you Here's where I was a little lost. So similarly to They Shoot Gilmore's Don't They Let the Games Begin and Deep Fried Korean Thanksgiving, I think the next trio of episodes in season three, if we had to put a trio on them, is Big One, A Tale of Pose and Fire, and Happy Birthday Baby. Yeah. And I was torn because I could fully see Act Two ending after the big one because we end with this moment of Rory got into all three colleges. Which one is she going to choose? curtain however a tale of pose and fire there's we talked about this on patreon there are a lot of endings and new beginnings happening for both of the women 
in this episode. At the end of this episode, the Independence Inn is destroyed. Lorelai has no idea what she's going to do. Rory has decided she's going to Yale and is like comfortable with that decision. And we all cry when we see the t-shirt and her wall. Oh my God. So that moment of them bouncing back and forth between their like two beginnings and endings and kind of these monumentous moments of these women. Exactly. So I also can make a really strong argument for Tale of Pose and Fire being the end of Act Two. But the other component to this is I could also make an argument for Happy Birthday Baby being the end of Act Two because it is the end of Friday Night Dinner for now, or so we think. Everything comes to a head with Emily and Richard and Lorelai and this requirement for Lorelai to go to Friday night dinner, for Lorelai and Rory to do this, is now over. There's this huge blow up. Have a nice life. I'll never see you again. Goodbye. I'm going to bed. (laughs) You know? And then we start Keg Max off with them kind of sitting on the couch, not knowing what to do with themselves. You know what I mean? So that is also why I can make a strong argument for Happy Birthday Baby, because I also, and I'm biased, but like when I go through this season, I stop at Keg Max. I see Keg Max and I go, er, and I immediately yeah. move on to uh, <laughs> to season four. So I could make a strong argument for like a clump of episodes being act three, Keg Max through the end of season three, um, because I do think that's a huge turning point for Jess. If we yeah. want to make this very Jess-centered. Jess-centered. It's also a huge turning point for- It's not for, called Jess girls, though. That's true. I was going to say for the Gilmores. So <laughs> I don't know. All of that is to say this was the harder one for me. I felt very definitive about Lazy Hazy through They Shoot Gilmores, don't they? But act two for me is a super long one. It's everything in the middle of the meat and potatoes. And I feel like Let the Games Begin through Happy Birthday Baby could be- it, it could also be a tale of pose and fire because the other thing that we have to remember is that Keg Max is when things start to go really south for Jess and Rory. Yeah. Like, I feel like Happy Birthday Baby is almost the end of the era. I just, it's, that's why, I, that's why I think this one's hard because it's mm-hmm. like, there's no real, you know, like it could be a lot of them. Whereas I feel like in the last one, it was like very, very clear. And yes. I don't think that it necessarily like is bad because we can't figure out exactly where they are i think that in season two we put it off like it was like episode 17 was kind of where the act three sort of started and i think i kind of let that guide me in terms of like how they probably structured it sure and so i think i just like the idea of it kind of ending with the two of them in this spot of like things are going to change and then starting with the birthday. I don't know why. Because, no, like, yeah, I, it is the I, I end of Friday Night you. Dinner. But I kind of like that as, like, the beginning of Act 3 of, like, how things are going to change. Because in the end of Act 3 would be that Rory reinstates it. That's true. With coming back to Yale. And That's true. And cre- recreating this sort of um, relationship with them that she's going to do Friday Night Dinner all through college. Yeah, that's very true. I'm curious what our listeners think. Yeah. So if you have thoughts on this, on where Act 2 ends and Act 3 begins, or if you disagree with where we put some of these markers, we would love to hear from you. Because I I don't know. I honestly am super torn about it, if I'm being real. And it's really like the middle part of it that really throws me. Because like, let the games begin. I mean, I kind of like the idea of let the games begin until A Tale of Pose and Fire. Because it's too. like... She's at Yale and then she ends up going to Yale. Like they're so upset about it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a bookend. I kind of like that. That's kind of cute. Yeah, I could get down with that. 
Maybe but act I would one was about hear... Jess. There you go. <laughs> act two was about Rory. Yeah. Act three was a lot of things. Just a lot of things to unpack. <laughs> Maybe Friday night dinner. Will. Yeah. Like the, the era, well, I guess kind of the era where we lose a little bit of Richard and Emily and the conflict there yeah, all we kind do, of comes to we a do head. Lose them for a sec. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to hear from our listeners if you want to call in and give your yeah. thoughts and opinions on the act breaks. But that's kind of where we I, I had a feeling that we would align, at least like within an episode or two of yeah. each other and where that stood. I just got so it was really the middle of it that threw me the most of like in terms of it. But where I landed with um let the games begin when they go to Yale and then Tale of Pose and Fire, she ends up choosing Yale. I, I love that. That was, that was in the moment, but yeah. I liked it. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm also trying to be better. This is one of like the biggest complaints we get is like saying the episode titles. and Oh, I know. Not fully saying, explaining what happened in that episode. That's my toxic trait on this pod. <laughs> That's okay. Me too. I'm always like, and then this episode. And people yeah. are like, which what? what? Where Who? is that? <laughs> <laughs> which is fair. But, you know, I think one of the reasons why it was so challenging to kind of find the act breaks within this season specifically and why we also kind of talk about how chaotic it is is because there are so many new characters that are introduced, so so much new content, so many new storylines. Like there is a lot of new, just new, so much new. So many people I love. I know. And like we said at the beginning, like some people who just kind of came in and made a splash and leave. So let's go through the new characters that we meet in season three. Yeah. I don't think I have them in order. I might have like put them like maybe in order of like how much I love them. (laughs) Okay. Who'd you start with? Well, this is controversial, but it was just the first person I thought of, which was Shane, my (laughs) cotton candy princess. cotton candy princess. We see her here and we'll never see her again. Yeah. She is a season three character and, um, you know. She deserved better from Jess. I know. She really did. A lot did. of people deserved better from Jess in this season, I will say. Fully. But we could just add her to the list. But she will start off the list. Yes. <laughs> um, I also, in that same episode, we meet Jamie. Jamie. Like, Jamie is so wonderful. He is like, can you imagine like a more like perfect boyfriend? I wouldn't even say perfect boyfriend for Paris, but like perfect first boyfriend for, you Honestly. know. Honestly. Like, he's so doting. Like, just thinking about how, like, he put together prom night for them. Oh, where it was I like know. They were going to fly off on a helicopter and meet his family. And where are they going? Martha's Vineyard or the Cape or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think Martha's Vineyard. Oh, it's just Jamie. Let's give it up I for know. Jamie. Who gets broken up on his birthday. Next he also season. could have been treated better. We meet two oh. characters who are just done dirty by characters wow. we do love. But... Should we just make a list of like done dirty characters? Because I'd add <laughs> Kyle to that list. Oh my god, that's right, Kyle. I forgot about toothache, Kyle. Like, boy with toothache. Boy with toothache. And then Alex. Alex. Oh, somehow who ended up at the top in my like, what did we do? May Madness? Yeah, he did. Like, oh, because I just like really just like the fantasy, like the romanticizing of I know. Alex and who he could have been really just... Because I think that they could have gotten married and had a nice little life. And I they think he would have been friends with Luke. Yeah. Honestly, they'd probably get along swimmingly. But yeah, I get it. Swimmingly. They'd go swimming in the lake when they went in fishing. In the lake when they went fishing. Exactly. <laughs> Has a whole new meaning to swimmingly. <laughs> so I kind of went a little bit in order. Okay, cool. In episode three, of course, we meet Dave Rogalski. Dave Rogalski. Oh, my God. We also meet the Springsteens. Talk about making a splash and leaving. I couldn't remember his name. I remembered that it was Bruce Springsteen's Darren. cousin. Darren. Darren. <laughs> and his weirdo kids, Jack and Jennifer, <laughs> who um, definitely shower together. They, oh, God. <laughs> they do. <laughs> 
Debbie and the Moms, Debbie Fincher. Deb. Deb and the Moms. Debbie and the Moms. It's a new girl band. And on that note, Zach and Brian. We meet Zach Zach and Brian. Brian. I was really excited about that. Oh, me too. Two very pivotal characters. I love them as a duo. I just hate where they take them. Yeah. I think in this season, I loved them. I oh my loved God, me Zach too. in this season. They're but knowing where amazing. he goes. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. I just love, especially in, um, I know we hate it, but Keg Max, like, if we could, like, assign, like, a star of the episode, it's it the was two them. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about his, like, heartburn or indigestion or acid reflux or something, and he was like, it's too much citrus. Yeah. And it's just, just like, like eating oranges, man. It's too much citrus. It's really messing with your acid reflux. They care yeah. about each other so much. They're a married so couple. Much. They really are. I love and it's it. it's like... I just love the two of them. They just love to rock. They really do. <laughs> they love each other and love to rock. And I wish we would have maintained that friendship. Like yeah. That instead of yeah. I fully Zach agree. Another love interest. And then we meet in eight o'clock at the Oasis. Peyton Sanders, played right. by John Hamm. I love that. I love that I he's just here. He is random one-off character. I know. Mr. And John speaking Hamm. of Dwight. Dwight, Dwight the neighbor with his lawn. We never hear from him again. But yeah. I think it's because his wife found him, voiced by Alex <laughs> Borstein. Yeah, I think that he died. <laughs> okay, he wow. Got, deep. I think he got captured or okay. kidnapped or Dwight napped. Yeah. Beanie Morrison's old place. Beanie that Morrison's is. old place. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he's a one-off character that gives us one of the best scenes in that episode, which is just drenched head to toe oh yeah 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 i was like what scene was he in dwight was not in it but his no but he provided was yes it was what a good scene we didn't do best scenes but we'll just go ahead and say that was one of the best ones yeah we can both agree on that in gilmore to read with tia williams she referenced that as one of the best (gasps) scenes in television shut up (laughs) she's a big she's a big team jess girly i love that but she did mention that that was one of the best scenes in like television ever because oh, wow. she was like he was just drenched and i that was one of my favorite parts of that episode <laughs> oh i love it i love it um we meet uh, a lot of sherry's friends at oh, take yeah. the devil eggs maureen. maureen who we see a couple times this season but we never yeah. see her again that i remember yeah. i don't no, think because we never so. see sherry again bye bye sherry why would we see sherry's friends if not we wouldn't see sherry it just wouldn't make sense would it no i just i just thought of the fact though that we never see sherry again <laughs> It just hit bye. me. I was like, oh, bye. Bye, girl. Um, we meet Nicole. Oh, I forgot about Nicole. We meet Nicole. She He's is Taylor lady. Josie's lawyer. Yeah. Um, again, we meet Alex and his friend Joe. Joe. Joe from the Deer Hill Lodge. Yeah. <laughs> he was also kind of done dirty. He wasn't because, like, Suki was married and that was just what it was. Yeah. But poor sweet Joe. That was one of my favorite Suki moments when she was like, or you can tell him you're married. Yes. Yes. Married. I'm married. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We meet Lindsay, who becomes Lindsay Lindsay Forrester um, in the next season. Oh, my blonde girlies. They really got done dirty. They really did. Tobin. Night manager Tobin. Tobin. I don't like Tobin. I know. And in that uh, same vein, we meet the Poe Society. (laughs) I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that really gets you. We also, speaking of events that kind of are coinciding with the Independence Inn, uh, Taylor Dosey's family. We meet Taylor Dosey's older brother in Face Off. Very sad. Very sad to watch, honestly. We like to make that sad. We do. Uh, we meet Young Chu. Yeah. I did. That was the other one that I was going to say. Yeah. And then we also kind of meet Pete. I was going to say Pete from Antonio's. Antonio Leolio's. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep going. Just keep just going. Just had so many O's. Yeah. Um, because he was in Kirk's 
film at the end right, of season but, two. But, but he, he wasn't, wasn't Pete, Pete yet. Pete. Yeah. No. So we meet him, which is great. And then, of course, as we all we all know, uh, we meet Jimmy Mariano, Jess's yeah. dad, Sasha, and the California Jess's gang. Just papa. Uh, papa. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And then we also meet Miss Celine. Miss Celine. Oh my god, I completely forgot about her. And we meet Nanny. Oh, Paris Nanny. Is Nanny. Oh my god, how did I forget Nanny? How could you forget? Nanny comes back in season five when Doyle's sick. Oh, I remember. Oh god, I love. Oh yeah, because Paris is sad that Rory doesn't remember Nanny. How does she not remember Nanny? That's well, they've never met. <laughs> Yeah, but the only person that I will add to this list that we've created is, do we count Gigi? <laughs> we met Gigi. <laughs> Technically, she was sure. brought into the into the world that's, <laughs> this season. You know season. what? That's fair. That's very fair. That was sure. the only person we I had that, that we didn't list. We but there's so many people. That is a lot of people. And a baby. <laughs> a lot of people and a baby. It's a new film. Catch it now. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the... Marvel Cinematic Universe version of yeah, of three, three men, men and a baby. baby. <laughs> but you know the thing about this season is really that it's so content heavy, and I do think that that yeah. makes it both a beloved season and a chaotic season because there's just so much going on. But I do think that's the reason why, in going through all of these episodes, you know, trying to determine my faves and my least faves, I was kind of like, but there's so much good content. Yeah, it's chaotic. It doesn't have too consistent of a direction necessarily with a lot of these storylines, but like, yeah. I still love it. It No, and that's the thing. There is a lot going on, but in some places, like, I feel like they took the wrong story thread from what was going on. Like, there was a lot right. happening, and then they would take something, and you're like, why are we focusing on this? Let's get back to the other things. Well, it's kind of like what happened in season one. We talked about this in There's the Rub on season one, where like, it felt like they were trying to find their footing on what they were focusing on, right? Specifically when it came to Lorelai's love life. There's the rub in season two? There's the rub on season one, which I think is what we call the rub. Oh, 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 sorry. I was really confused. I was like, there's the rub is in season two. That was the name of our episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our episode was called There's the Rub on season one. And I think that that's what we kind of talked about is that like season one, and, and this was understandable. A lot of like first seasons have this problem is that they're like, which thread do we pull at right and it felt like they kind of faced the same issue in season three but it wasn't for lack of understanding the characters it was just because they were throwing in a lot of things and introducing us to a lot of things which was cool but it was also like man that's a lot when you really break it down that was a lot of it's a very saturated season yeah which makes it good yeah exactly yeah so who will you miss from season three dave that we never see again after season three dave Dave I think that he's at the top of my list for yeah. sure. And Shane. And Shane. Mostly because I want to watch the Shane show now. Whatever yeah. show she's on. Yeah. Or the other side of Stars Hollow. I don't even know if she lived in Stars Hollow, but wherever she went, I would like to see her again. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also kind of glad she's going. She did not get treated very well in Stars no, Hollow. No, she needs to go find her own way. Yeah. You know who I'm going to miss? Because we talked about this maybe off pod, maybe on Patreon. Bootsy. He's a season two character only. Yeah. And we didn't bid him farewell at the end of season two. We didn't. So I'll bid him farewell now. I love him. Yeah. I love him. See. I will miss him. From the Chilton gang, we get Madeline and Louise. I know that we're going to see them in season four once, but I will miss seeing them consistently. Yeah. I'll miss them really being a part of the world. Yeah. Brad Langford. Oh, yeah. We will not see him again. We won't. Bye bye, Brad. Sad. You know who we won't see who I won't miss? Francie. Oh, 
Francie. We'll get into Francie. We'll get into that. Francie is honestly one of my biggest complaints about season three. Me too. Because that was just one of the characters that they just couldn't get right. Mm -mm. And it wasn't anything to do with the actress. It was completely to do with the storyline that she was placed in. Yes. And how that related to Rory and Paris. But we'll get there. Rough. Yeah. Alex. Alex. Just like Alex. Where did you come from? Where did you go? And why did you not stay? Yeah. I'm glad that we never see Max again. <laughs> mm-hmm. We never see Max Medina again. Another yeah. one that I had an issue with returning in season three. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but I'll also really miss Fran. Oh, Fran. All sad. <laughs> Fran from Weston's Bakery. Fran, she will... Stan, an old man. Yeah. And Asher. She's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the people who die on the show, Haley. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Just wanted to remind you. Yeah, those are really the people that I will miss. And some I, won't I won't miss Tobin. Well, we see him again. Oh, you're right. We see him again. Well, I won't be happy to see him. <laughs> the people we're going to see again are Jamie, Nicole, Lindsay. We will see Tobin again. We'll see Kyle. Kyle. We'll see Zach and Brian, of course. Um, yeah, but those are the we people. We won't that see we're Young Chu again. We will not see Young Chu again, but I, I won't really miss him. No, he. I hope he found a nice girl, though. Me too. Maybe Someone he and to call Karen on the back phone. together. Maybe they did. Maybe they worked things out. I hope so. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Speaking of characters that we will miss, a plot hole is Shane. Oh, God, I know. There are so many plot holes in this season. Genuinely, like, where did she go? Well, I think that, like, when you have such a content-heavy season that's oversaturated with characters and storylines, etc. Yeah. We are bound to get some plot holes. And what I kind of felt about this season as I was going through it in preparation for this episode was that in looking at the episodes individually, there was a lot of conflict and a lot of characters that were isolated to one episode, similarly to how a lot of sitcoms usually work. Yeah. It's like you need a character, they're in an episode, you never think about them again. Yeah. Which was very interesting because I don't feel like we get that often on this show. It's a lot of through line. Yeah. A lot of through line. But Let's go through the plot holes of season three, because I want to say that there were a lot of plot holes in this season specifically that we talked about a lot in our plot holes episode last year. So we don't need to go into like too specific detail yeah. about them, but I would love to know what plot holes you uh, you mentioned. I have two, four, six, eight, ten. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you want to start then? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you. But I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my desk recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tacovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tacovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out fitted. 
And if you can't make it into a store, Tacovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tacovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tacovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, here's my first question. Where did Lane get her drums? That That's always the one that everyone is confused by. Where'd she get her drums? How'd she pay Where'd for she them? Where'd she get her drums? Because then we then talk in Keg Max about, I think, I don't, I can't remember who was bringing them to Kyle's house, but they're definitively hers because now they're at Lorelai's house. Now they're at Kyle's. Yeah. How Weird. did they get there? Like, mm-hmm. does Mrs. Kim never come to the Gilmore's to the Lorelai's house? They just never goes there i guess not also storing those drums in the garage in winter time bad idea i don't know much about drums is that bad for your drums i believe so yeah hmm. somebody correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's bad for your drums yeah so i don't know maybe it's a very insulated garage okay why is dave rogowski at the dance marathon at five o'clock in the morning telling mrs kim that his parents are at private bible study do you think that they're actually at private bible study though and no. he's not just being like a brown noser no, I think he came all the way to Stars Hollow to see that girl because he missed her. I don't know why he's there at like five something, six in the morning. Yeah, it's like literally it's five because that whole episode happens between like five and five, five and five in the morning. Correct. Yeah, like five and five ten. Yeah, it's like so short. Like yeah. How, like everyone is like sprinting to get to their places. Yeah, it's so interesting. I kind of like the idea that Dave Rogowski is genuinely in town because his parents are at private Bible study. I know they're not, but... They're totally not. But I can't <laughs> believe Mrs. Kim bought it. She was like, yeah, yeah, it's around 510. That's, that's probably the prime yeah. time for Bible study. <laughs> it's prime time for Bible study. It what? is Sunday. Oh, I guess technically, yeah. They yeah. could just be at church very early. Very early. Because you're right, it is Sunday. It's the next morning. So... yeah. Hey, all right. She bought it. I buy it too. <laughs> Here's the one where, you know, I, I know you're going to want to chime in. Where the hell did Shane go? And why was it the Stars Hollow Mafia that took her down? Because like, okay, in all seriousness, I, I guess it's not a plot hole because it's just like, he said, I got to go take care of something. And so we're just to assume that they broke up because they're together in the next episode and we never see Shane again. We can imply what happened here. But sure. Jess said, I got to go take care of something. And then we never saw Shane again. I'm Ever. just saying. I know. We can imply a lot of things from that. And I imply that um, he went and took care of something. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. You can make your own assumptions there. But I'm just giving you some of the potential facts that they could be there. Which yeah. Which is not how you use the word fact. <laughs> there you go. That is not what a fact is. No. 
that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wrote down Luke's high school situation because when we see his Butch Danes took the field. Butch Danes took the field. When we see that, it says 1984. <laughs> And we're meant to assume that that is his senior year of high school. We really break this down in plot holes. But something that was a plot hole for us was that Liz is in town for her 20-year high school reunion in 2004. And so that would imply that she graduated. Twins. Yeah, but she always says big brother. And we were like, does that mean he's just bigger than her? Like, what does that actually mean? (laughs) She was called a big brother. I'm going to start calling my brother big brother just because he's bigger than me. There you go. I think that works, right? That's hilarious. No, yeah, it's there is some time timing issues, but like I would say that's pretty consistent in general with how the show runs. What day is it? What is going on? How long has it been since anything ever occurred? Yeah. On Patreon, the more and more people join, they always try to argue with us about Dean and Rory's anniversary and like why it's like the timing makes sense. Oh, do they really? Does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't people, know that. Well, like as people join, they'll comment on like older episodes, and every time oh. they try to re-explain to us why we're wrong about Dean and Rory's anniversary and why it makes sense. And every time I'm like, "What's the argument?" No, it changes. Oh, it varies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I ha- I have to go back and read those. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, his high school, you know, picture that's kind of displayed in the display case i love that it's still there i know he's a prominent member of society he's a prominent yeah, he's across the street i know <laughs> francie where the fuck have you been and why are you here why are you here yeah like, it's just this one is just so i don't even know if i would call it a plot hole as much as like it just didn't really make sense why this was happening well here's the plot hole for me is that when we see Francie in season two in Like Mother, Like Daughter, Paris is just groveling yeah, at her feet. She wants to be a puff She so wants bad. to be a puff so desperately. And the puffs storyline in and of itself is a plot hole, right? Yeah. But then you move on to season three and Francie is senior class president. And the thing is, is that I could understand, we said this on Patreon, I could understand if all of a sudden Francie and Paris have this like rivalry because Francie wanted to be student body president and she ran against Francie and won. And if Francie was all put out because Rory and Paris beat her. But Francie just kind of comes back in out of absolutely nowhere. And like, I also thought she was older. Like I thought she was a great above them. I I did too. I didn't think they were all in the same class. Yeah. So it just kind of doesn't make any sense. But here's the plot hole is once all that happens and she ruffles all the feathers and she gets Paris and Rory to like fight, where does she go? We never see her again. Well, the other part of that is like this thing with Francie happens and then like six episodes happen and then they bring it back. Yes, that's the other thing. It was just a weird conflict. It really could have just been solved if Rory went to Paris and been like, hey, this is what Francie's doing. She's being kind of sneaky. That's kind of weird. That's all that needed to happen. And like when we do get to I Solemnly Swear and Paris is like, you told her about Jamie. It's like, I thought you were my friend. And that's why Paris is upset. And it makes a lot of sense. But it's just like the conflict in general feels weird. And the dialogue in, I th- I can't remember what episode is in. When the, she keeps pulling her into the bathroom. Oh, yeah. There is are a couple episodes. That, yeah, that's fair. But it just like. All of the dialogue in those scenes just feel weird and... Yeah. I don't know. No, I fully agree. It just was useless conflict. 
Yeah, we talk we talked extensively about this during yeah. that episode on Patreon. And speaking of useless conflict, Max Medina, <laughs> why did we bring him back? I don't know. Later, we're talking about favorite kisses. I'm just going to put it out there. I felt so Clara when him... Don't kiss. <laughs> don't kiss. Least like, favorite kiss. Yeah. Just the worst. I just like... I don't know why he came back. It there didn't... was no point in bringing him back. And for such a saturated season, they did not need this. They did not need the Francie conflict. I understand why they wanted to put a rift between Rory and Paris. And I understand why they needed, you know, to maybe like spice up Lorelai's love life because Alex was yeah. kind of the perfect guy but I think we could have been smarter yeah it's just than like, bringing back two characters who we honestly never needed to see again <laughs> yeah and I, I just feel like they could have come up with like a better conflict between Rory and Paris I do like that it wasn't a boy that was coming between them I agree because that line that Paris says about like we're girls the only thing we could fight over is a boy but the other thing about Max is like it didn't really offer anything because she hadn't been thinking about him no she didn't even really have any real considerations about him when he was there and then they kiss and then they have that really awkward interaction in Keg Max that just like seemed like he was always in love with her but like wasn't but like couldn't be and if we were getting closer from Max with Nina that just opened things up way wider that just gave me like so many more questions yeah and i didn't like it i didn't like it at all it's the thing is is that like we kind of stopped caring you know like after the shock wore off that we weren't going to see him again for the rest of season two that we were basically gonna act like the two of them were never about to get married yeah (laughs) we just stopped caring you know what i mean and so like by the time we get to the end of season three the end middle to end of season three you're telling me you're gonna bring him back yeah for no reason What was the purpose? What was the point? Every scene that he's in just doesn't feel right. Because I do like that one when he's sitting on the table and he's like, you didn't love me. And she's like, I don't think I didn't love you. Oh, yeah. And that is what she said to Rory, actually. (laughs) Yeah. But he's like, it's okay. Like, sometimes you don't need closure. Yeah. That part of it was fine. The big one. That was great. It was just kind of like, you know, if you wanted to throw in this like, oh, hi, you're here. You're still here. You still exist. Okay, fine. You waited a little too long to do it, but that's fine. But then to have this whole kiss, it just felt very meaningless to the entire storyline. The other like plot hole of Max is that he's in California. He came back for the Bicentennial, and then now he's teaching at Chilton. I know. What was that? I know. <laughs> Why are you back? I don't know. Whenever we start like harping on about something, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is... I. I loved this, but like this, it, this is like really, truly one of the only things in the season that I just really didn't like. Yeah. And I'm interested if you did love that they brought back Max. Yeah. Did what, you feel like it why? offered us some closure? Did you enjoy seeing it? That felt like a threat. Why? <laughs> Tell <laughs> why? us why. Tell us why. I'm genuinely cur- curious because I, I like to try and change my mind about things. And um, maybe you can change my mind about my least favorite thing of season three. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And on that note, you know, again, if we needed something to spice up Lorelai's love life because it was a little uh, up, down, all spice around. Up your life. Yeah, yeah, sing the Spice Girls. Where did Alex go? I don't know. And the last we hear about him is in regards to Max and the Kiss. Yeah, when I think this is in Ken Max. She's having this conversation with Suki. Yeah, and she's like, on you know. Street. Technically, I'm still seeing Alex, but that's more intermittent than ever. And that's literally all we get. We never yeah. hear about him again. We well, never why? see him again. Why? I would have just loved a nice little, he wants to focus on his kids. Yeah. Something like that. Something, anything. Because Amy, 
is the queen of executing storylines verbally rather than making sure that we have to see every single thing that plays out in someone's life because I think that that's realism. You're not going to see every single thing that plays out in somebody's life. You're going to hear about it secondhand. And sometimes I think that that is perfect. That is a perfect way to tie up a little loose end. And I think that moment could have been that. She was like, things just ended with Alex. Yeah. But like, why? I know. Great. I know. I'm with you. Oh, man. But speaking of boyfriends, what time was the Distillers concert that Jess took Rory to? Oh, my God. That one, I will never understand. Never. Because <laughs> she went to a hockey game, and then she went to the Distillers concert, and then she got home around midnight? Yeah. 11? Lorelai was up, sitting at the kitchen table. Yeah, and it was like 7.30, and Jess had to go get tickets. Yeah. And I don't know, but <laughs> every time that happens, I'm like, they didn't have enough time to do all this. not at all it makes no sense you know what someone pointed out that i had never noticed before is that jess is in here comes the sun he's wearing the distillers t-shirt oh is he so i guess he got a t-shirt at the concert and he's wearing it there oh wow someone commented that in our comments this week when we posted that one and i just oh yeah they got me yeah that is very cool and speaking of his time in california jimmy mariano that storyline shifted That was one of the biggest ones we talked about in Plot Holes. Yeah, about, you know, how long he's been in Jess's life. Because in season two, Nick and Nora, just to give everybody a brief recap, uh, Luke, when Jess is coming to town and he hasn't been introduced yet, he tells Lorelai that a couple years ago, Jimmy skipped town. So Jess has been kind of chaotic and Liz doesn't know how to handle him. And so he decides to take him in and Jess moves to Stars Hollow. But now all of a sudden the story is that Jimmy left to go get diapers and Jess yeah. was a baby and he hasn't seen him since because he doesn't recognize him. Yeah. So, Unless Jess needed diapers just a few years ago. Hey, in which case we won't judge. No. You know, could but be. I think he'd still remember what his dad looked like. That's fair. That is, that does foil that. <laughs> but he basically says like, it's been 17 years, Luke. Jimmy says that too, Luke. Yeah. And so. He's like, don't you think it's time? <laughs> God, that whole situation was just so weird. I liked that. The interaction because Scott Patterson in Sega Night Gracie, the star, star of, the episode, of the episode, he that was one of his best episodes to date. Bully smashed it, nailed it, perfect. Mm-hmm. But it was more of the situation. But I will say, in all of the plot holes that exist as Jimmy Mariano, mostly because they were setting up for Windward Circle, yeah, the hot dog king that stayed. Relevant. That stayed completely consistent. Yeah, he called him the hot dog king, and when we get to Here Comes the Sun, what is he opening? A hot dog stand. Yeah. Or has opened? I can't tell. Has been working at? Yeah. Dante's Inferno. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, that's that's like the one thing that I'm like, look at you. Yeah, at least that stayed consistent. Something that we could consider a plot hole, but maybe not, is Rory getting valedictorian over Paris. Hmm. It's more of a... Tell us more. Mm-hmm. Say more How about did that. How this happen? And something that I thought was kind of not necessarily a plot hole, but a giant question I had about Brad Langford giving a speech at Rory's graduation day is like, why was he giving a speech at Chilton graduation? And we discovered that there was actually two deleted scenes from Those Are Strings Pinocchio. The first is kind of more commonly known. If you haven't seen it, definitely look it up on YouTube. And that is Lorelai and Rory are walking through the Independence Inn. It's all cleaned out. And it coincides with young Lorelai and young Rory kind of dancing through the Independence Inn while the girls are walking 
through and kind of doing their last looks at this place that they used to call home, which is a very sentimental scene. But there's a second deleted scene that is very brief. I watched it right before we got on and I've actually seen it before. I was like, I, I thought that I had not but I, yeah, I definitely we couldn't have. find it online. Yeah. It was only on the DVD. Only on the DVDs. But basically it explains that Brad Langford is the salutatorian. And basically it starts out with like Madeline, Louise and Paris all kind of chatting Madeline hilariously asks Louise which one is her mom. She's like, is that your real mom? And she's like, yes, no, yes. Like trying to figure out who her (laughs) biological mother is because her dad has been married so many times. And then it's super, super brief, but Rory runs into Brad and he's like, hey, you're valedictorian and I'm salutatorian. Hey, Val. Oh, hey, Val and hey, Sal. And he goes, she goes, hey, Sal. (laughs) Yeah. Oh so my gosh, I remember. I've seen that. Right? Clip. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of explains away why Brad Langford was singing his bum bums at the <laughs> graduation. God, it's my favorite part. But that's more of the plot hole of why is he? Yeah. How did he end up there? He left school. He transferred he schools. Yeah. And then he went to Broadway and then he came back Mm -hmm. and he still beat Paris Geller. There's something wrong with the world. Wild. Someone did say that she got suspended when she was doing her puffs situation. And then she was out of school for some time when she told everyone on C-SPAN that she had sex. Fair. But I don't think that that would be enough to knock her down below Brad Langford. No offense, Brad Langford, but you have had other priorities during this during the run yeah. of high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. So like that one. The uh, the only other one that I had from like kind of the end of the season is also, again, not a plot hole, mm. but maybe more so like I didn't understand why Mrs. Kim was okay mm-hmm. with learning that Lane was in a rock band. Yeah. And I know that she wasn't. She did get grounded and she did get to go to prom with Dave Rogalski and call him on the phone every other day. But like... When she found out she was dating Henry, like, completely grounded because she had lied. And then when she finds out that she goes and plays it, oh, what is the what is the three-letter word? I mean, not the three, the four-letter location where CDGs. she goes and plays. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't remember that. I knew it was a four-letter location. <laughs> four-letter word for Lane's <laughs> band location. Lane's band venue. The venue. LOL. But she gets so upset and, like, calls the police and whatever, whatever. But when she finds out she was drinking and was in a band and was in love with Dave Rogowski, kind of just ignored her. And then Dave came in with, like, the best, one of the best scenes in the show. Easily. And that was, like, enough because she liked Dave Rogowski so much. I don't know. She doesn't drink soda. It's so out of character for Mrs. Kim. Yeah. It's so out of character for her. So that was like the only other one that's like, it's not a plot hole, but it's more of just like. It's less a plot hole, more an inconsistency. Yeah. It's just inconsistent with Mrs. Kim's character. It's just like, why? Yeah. It's a big why. It's Mm. a big question mark. It's like in last season when I couldn't figure out why Lorelai got paid to be at the end because she was never there. It's kind of the same thing. It's true. (laughs) But just like, why would she not have a bigger reaction? Yeah. Why was it so just like, why was she suddenly so chill? Yeah. The other thing that I just thought of that I felt was kind of a plot hole or just an inconsistency in character was Jackson being so manic when he found out that Suki was pregnant. Oh, right. Because he wanted four and four, four kids in four years. We find that out at the dance marathon. And then he can't stop using his little clicky calculator. Yeah. He breaks it. But it's like, yeah. And you would think, and they have to do, what is it? 
he calls Tom and it's the the extension the expansion Suki the expansion yeah, yeah. I was I can only hear that in your voice now <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I wanted you to so do it. Funny. but it's like he was like so freaked out by it and like didn't have anything seemingly figured out but mm-hmm. like yeah he wanted four and four mm-hmm. like someone who wants four and four when like this starts happening you know when the first one is on the way he seems like it's like he should be like rubbing his hands together like yes my plan is working or <laughs> at the very least be super excited because when he is excited it's like okay i would be so upset if i was suki and he was like did i tell you i was excited or i tell you how happy he was no you didn't no you didn't you can go sleep on the couch you left that part out <laughs> yeah we talked about that when the episode came up because i was just like Ugh, ew jackson yeah come on my guy ew, jackson <laughs> yeah ew. and he's usually so great yeah our I veggie know. man i know our veggie man so I'd love to get into our faves and least faves. Yeah. Episodes, right? Yeah, let's start with episodes. I know we were supposed to do three, but I have more. <laughs> oh, I did three. I was really, oh, look. Okay, well, to be fair, I did, when we did it last time, I had like seven. I did three, <laughs> but I have like honorable mentions. Do we want to do top or bottom first? Let's start with our top. Okay. Because I feel like these are going to be very similar, but I could be wrong. Okay. okay. I'm interested because I think our top one is the same. Okay. What's your top one? They shoot Gilmore's, of course. It's my favorite episode of all time. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's just the best. One. It's such That's a good That's why episode. we covered it on pod because yeah, it was just the best. We love it so much. My second is deep fried. Yep. That was my second too. Yeah. My third was the hardest one. And honestly, I'm torn between lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer and haunted leg. Ooh. We discovered upon rewatching that haunted leg was a damn good episode. Very good. We both loved it. And it's it's got me torn up because I my instinct, my impulse was to say Lazy Hazy because I love that episode. It's so strong. But I almost want to combine them. I want to just do like one long episode. Lazy Crazy Haunted Leg. Yeah, exactly. So I'm torn. I'm torn between the two. They're kind of like tied for third. Was it a two-part episode when it aired? No. Okay. Sometimes the first one is like a, you know, like a two-parter, mm-hmm, two-hour mm-hmm. premiere. Yeah. What was your third one? A Tale of Pose and Fire. That's in my honorable mentions. I have A Tale of Pose and Fire and Those Are Strings Pinocchio. I loved A Tale of Pose and Fire and Such I forgot how much it, I loved that one. Oh, it's a great episode. It's a Townies episode, but it's like a Lorelai and a Rory episode. Uh-huh. It's the Michelle and Babette and Miss Patty trying to run the like emergency center. <laughs> I know. It's but so it's, it's good. It's really the end of it that smashes me to pieces because those are strings pinocchio i like the scenes of it yeah but as a as a whole i still love it but it's like it's so up good. against a tale of pose and fire i just like oh i loved it but yeah no haunted like because we watched lazy hazy crazy for a live watch live and yeah. that was super super fun but i think that was one of the reasons that i loved that one so much this season because it was so much fun to watch it with everyone yeah but yeah definitely a tale of pose and fire. oh I love it so much. It's a great episode. But yeah, I put that in my honorable mentions because Lazy Hazy is just, there's something about it. But like the haunted leg, the scene with uh, Mm -hmm. Jess and Rory in Dozie's Market where she's wearing that blue boat neck top and then she's just gotten into a fight with Christopher and Emily is there. Oh my God. fight with Christopher. That's one of my favorite. I have that a little bit later. It's just really yummy. 
Anyway, lay your, your bottom three on me. Yeah. My first, Keg of Max. course, is Keg Max. Yeah. Yeah. Here comes the sun. Yeah, I put Here Comes the Sun as, like, as my third. <gasps> Ooh. We're going to talk about this a little later, but one of the things that surprised me the most about this season was in rewatching Here Comes the Sun, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I hated it. Yeah. I hate it because of the context of it. Yeah. As an episode, I can respect what they were trying to do. If the spinoff had taken off, I can respect how they tried to pivot, but- I think just the circumstances and the way that they went about it. That's why I, I don't like the it. the Gilmore of it. The Gilmore but of it I didn't all was actually like very great. the Windward Circle of it. Yeah, fully. But you know what episode I really did not like? And we talked about this on Patreon. Eight o'clock at the Oasis. With the exception yeah. of the sprinkler scene. It's the sprinkler scene. The sprinkler That's scene like the is only the only one. thing I like. And I think that the idea of Dwight and like, you know, the yeah. the house, you know, like that's fun. The rest of it kind of sucks. It's not good. I mean, I will still watch it to yeah, get to me the too. Jess scene. But me it's too, like but we we discovered that that was kind of not a great episode. Yeah, and I've never really liked that one. That one's always been kind of a bottom for me. But it did not make my bottom three. It would have been like the fourth one. But my third one was I Solemnly Swear. Yeah, also not a great one. It was just like because that was a lot of the Francie drama. That was the um, the fencing. I did really like that scene. But it's just overall, I didn't, that one was, I remember us being like, meh. Because, yeah. like, there were such good episodes. I know. Like, they shoot Gilmore's, don't they? Like, oh, my gosh. Like, one I of know. the best episodes, like, of any Arguably. show that I love. Yeah, I fully agree. That's what made this hard for me, was as I was starting to go through the episodes, I was like, well, I guess I don't love, well, no, I do. Oh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I do. <laughs> That's kind of what Same. happened the entire time I was going like, through this even list. Even if when we were on Patreon, I was like, mm, didn't love this. But like when I went back and like thought about it, I was like, no, I would totally turn that on and watch that right now. I know. Like Application Anxiety is also an episode I don't totally love because it feels so isolated. But I would still watch it, you know. Yeah. Also, Swan Song, like... I like it, but I don't love it. You know, I think that when it's a season that I adore so much from a nostalgia standpoint, it's hard to be like, oh, I, you know, hate this episode. There were only so many that I was like, I don't like it. It's moreover that I don't love them. And I think I faced this last season as well. There's episodes in this that I would like pull out and watch them individually. But I feel like this is an easier one to just like turn it on and let it ride. Tune in. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like with season two. I think I'd be a little bit too focused as we made our way through the full season, if that makes sense. No, I fully agree. So when it comes to your favorite conflict and your least favorite conflict, where'd you land there? Well, I had quite a few of these, but I think that like at the end of the day, the best conflict for me was Luke and Jess. Well, that fight at the end. Oh, God. I am not going back to school. Because like the way the season two ended and like... Really like the trust that Luke really had in Jess and like they seem to be building like a really strong, you know, if not relationship, definitely the way that like Jess would like show up in the background of all of like things that were going on in Luke's life. And then as Luke slowly realized the truth after he went to his Walmart employee of the month ceremony and then that fight like, oh, was so good. That fight was really good. So I understand why that was your favorite conflict. Yeah, I have a favorite conflict that feels more um, 
like LOL favorite conflict and then one that's a little bit more meaningful. So I'd say that my more meaningful favorite conflict was the conflict between Lorelai and Rory on school. Yeah. Like just all the conflict that surrounded Yale versus Harvard. I put more of the conflict of that was Lorelai and Harvard slash Yale. Yeah. I didn't necessarily put it with Rory because it felt like a conflict that Lorelai had with herself to some yeah. degree. Yeah. Because she was having it with Richard. She was having it with Emily. She was of having course. it with Rory. But it was very clear. It was really, herself. really internal. Yeah. But what I love is the resolution to that conflict. Yeah. The way that it comes to a resolve in a tale of pose and fire is really special to me. Yes. And I think that's why I love it so much is because this conflict is really with Lorelai and herself. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who puts everything up in Rory's room and gets I the topical tease. And the whole episode is like, if Harvard's right, then that'll be right. Yeah. Like, and it's like, whatever's right for Rory is what's best for Lorelai is what she yeah. tells her. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I know. Just like the way that all came together. I think really because good. it was like a good ending versus yeah. the just one was not so great. Yeah. Not yet anyway. <laughs> he en- yeah. It ends up turning around eventually. And that relationship is going to get really beautiful. And I'm yeah. very excited for that. But my lighthearted conflict that I wrote as my favorite was the conflict between Suki and Jackson throughout the entire season, with the exception of her getting pregnant and him yeah. like automatically freaking out. I hated that. I was right there with you. But I just love that we start out with her wanting to man up the house for him. And he's like, I like the house. <laughs> I love the four and four conflict when like he and Suki are having this argument with Lorelai and Luke in the middle of the dance floor when they're on that coffee break. And he's like, yeah. Um, that is if it's okay with Lorelai or Luke or that strange man in the corner who I've never met. Like, I just, I love that so much. And like her running off the dance floor with her little like piece of paper, her her yellow ticket. She's like, here's my yellow card. We'll be right back. And Taylor's like, that's not how it works. <laughs> I also love that. My, my real favorite is in I Solemnly Swear when she meets Joe at the Deer Hill Lodge, from the Deer Hill Joe, Lodge. Yeah. And he mistakes her for like, them going on a date and she's like oh no i'm married i'm married and i just love that she goes home and she makes jackson's favorite food and she puts his favorite music on and he's like you cheated on me <laughs> just no i flirted accidentally i just That's like she yells i'm a whore i'm a whore i just like that conflict for me is just so yummy i love the two of them because it's like doesn't ever feel like too intense. It's just like no. they're kind of like floating through the background. Yeah, but I just I really didn't like the Jackson freaking out and then all of a sudden being like, "Did I tell you I'm excited?" And she's like, "No, you failed to mention that." I also like their uh, deep fried Korean Thanksgiving conflict where he wants oh, yeah. to deep fry the turkey, and she thought that she could sneak in there and like you know give it a nice rub and stuff a pancetta something cranberry something. stuffing something up there, and that he wouldn't notice. I just like. Yeah. <laughs> No, I do love the only other like honorable mention. It's not like a full conflict. It kind of comes back and gets some resolution is in Haunted Leg, that Lorelai and Chris fight. Mm, And it's like when Lorelai comes and tells them she's not getting married. Mm -hmm. And then Emily is the one that tells him to leave like that whole feels like it's really boxed into two episodes at the beginning Mm -hmm. and then comes back just a little bit in Dear Emily and Richard when Gigi's born. Yeah. But I just love that. Like, I love the fight. Oh, Emily jumping in. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Great, great fight. It's Mm -hmm. on par with, and I don't, I don't know which one I would choose, but it's on par with the Jess and Luke fight. Yeah. I think I just picked Jess and Luke just because, like, it's, like, just so, like, on both ends that's just so intense yeah no i fully agree 
Um, another honorable mention for like lighthearted, non-serious conflict, but conflict that was taken so seriously in the moment is Kirk and Lorelai and their like rivalry over the dance marathon and the trophy. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's so good. You never hear about it again. I mean, no. in Let the Games Begin, you know, there's this whole issue with somebody stealing Kirk's trophy, but yeah. It's just I so love good. that. I love it. What about your least favorite conflict? Well, we talked about Francie and Paris and Rory. Mm-hmm. That was definitely my least favorite. Me too. But the other one that I included was Jess and Dean at Thanksgiving. <laughs> the like, it's like, are you they going like to kiss? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Like, yeah. it's like a little too West Side Story. He was like, this is my town. It's like, buddy, you've been here for a season and a half prior to this guy. So maybe a yeah. season in five episodes. Like, yeah. Honestly, how yeah. is this your town? You're from Chicago. Yeah. Straight up. I don't know where this is coming from, but it's very villainous. It's very scary. Mm-hmm. I could have seen that, like, definitely going in, like, a, is this safe for Rory to be around him? Something. Yeah, totally. But it didn't head in that direction. No, no, no. And I don't that think was that's definitely the direction one. that the writers intended to no, take it in. No, but it, but it, it felt spooky scary. <laughs> uh, Brett and I just watched that episode. That's where we're at right now. And, like, he just started laughing when Dean got, like, all tall. <laughs> <laughs> he got taller. Yeah, he got taller in that moment. Puffed like, out his chest. This is my town. You're this like, is my town. And when I brought up that he had just moved from Chicago in season one, Brett was like, oh, yeah. What is he talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. But he was like, he was like, oh, he talked about, he was like, I don't have to be calm anymore. And I like yeah, it. That's the part of it. I don't have to be calm around you. And I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Ew. That's kiss. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Kiss. So that was those two really um my second one was the max and lorelei conflict yeah that's i mentioned fair. that before we did talk just, about that it didn't seem necessary i don't know why i didn't include that i guess oh, because i would talk extensively about, about it. it yeah um but speaking of kissing what was your uh your favorite kiss of the season dane and leave i think dane and leave dane and leave that's it <laughs> dave dave and lane is the name of the characters at thanksgiving and yeah. then dave and lane and say goodnight, Gracie, outside of her house when she says she's going to write a song about him. Yeah. Those two. I couldn't decide which one, but it's I those. I know. It's so good. I was torn between Dave and Lane and Rory and Jess because I do like their first, like, real kiss as oh, a couple yeah. outside of the outside of Gypsies when then she appeared by XTC is playing. Like, oh, oh yeah. That's probably my That's fave. a good one. It's my yeah. fave. But yeah. Dave and Lane, I was like... Bible kiss Bible. Close second. Bible kiss Bible. Yeah. And it's just, so good. Um, I just, yeah, fair. That's, yeah. that's a good add-on. I thought you were going to say when they were making out of her, all over town in the winter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. No, there's nothing yeah. like that kiss uh, in front of gypsies this season, with the exception of, of course, last season. For me, their first kiss yeah. at Sufi's wedding is is it for me. Um, what about your least favorite kiss? Did you do one? I don't know that I... Didn't I have one. Oh yes I do. It's the Max and Lorelai. It's Max one. and Lorelai. Yeah. Yeah. For me don't kiss. as well. Don't kiss. Maybe I do like Clara. I don't know that it's that you like her, you just identify with her. Is that the her. biggest surprise this season? Is that Maybe. like an actual Well speaking of, what was your biggest surprise this season? I think for me it was like I don't think I changed my opinion on things too much. It was more of like once I got deeper into episodes, I was like, yeah, I don't like this. Or yeah, I like this a lot more than I thought. But I think it was I got more invested in Jess as a person. Yeah. I think overall I was like more sympathetic to him. Not that I like ever hated him, but I don't ever think that he was like my focus in season three when I would watch it. 
I don't know what I was focusing on, to be fair. Probably Rory in school. Probably Rory. Yeah. You're right. The other characters, there are a couple others. There are a few. (laughs) I think I became more sympathetic to Shane. I think Mm -hmm. I liked her a lot more. Yeah, me too. But overall, I think it was definitely my opinion of Jess. I don't think that I like him more or less. I think I just, my appreciation for him got deeper Mm -hmm. and I ended up feeling a lot more sympathy towards him in a lot of like really sad ways that I just think he needed more, you know, affection, people in his life to believe in him because I just don't think anyone really did Mm. or express that to him. Mm. So I think that was really the biggest shift I had that I was like, oh, I'm not team Jess. Even though I said that a couple of times, actually, I think. (laughs) You definitely did. Put it in the transcript. Yeah, but I definitely um, softened towards our friend Jess Mariano. Yeah. I hear you. I I think that his character is so scrutinized in some ways and so romanticized in others that I think it can be kind of hard to like know where you stand on one or the other Um, and like look at him objectively unless you're really looking at this season and the show with a discerning eye. So I think that that makes a lot of sense that you go into season three where his like his storyline arguably gets like the most chaotic, especially. Yeah. Because it's like with Shane and then he's like back with Rory and then this whole thing with Dean and then it's the school thing and he's just going through a lot and you're just like, oh, either this is chaotic storytelling or like you need help, which Mm -hmm. he did. 100%. Totally. What about you? I think I mentioned it before, but that Here Comes the Sun, like I watched the episode and I wasn't like, oh, I'm miserable. I liked the Gilmore parts of it. I kind of forgot about the Gilmore parts of it. So that was kind of a surprise to me. Also that I kind of sympathized with Shane. I think I always hated her character because when yeah. I was younger, I was like, well, she's with Jess and Rory isn't. Yeah, she's, she's Jess kissing and I'm Jess not. and she shouldn't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Dead. Yeah. Um, and also how much I really, really didn't align with the Francie conflict. Like how useless I thought it was. Yeah. I didn't realize how much I hated it until we really got into it. And I was like, oh. It was just so thin. It didn't have anything behind it or built up or, yeah, Yeah. they really just um, threw that at us and was like, take it. We were Mm -hmm. like, I'm not sure. But yeah. Yeah. I think I'm also really torn on now where season three stands in my rankings as far as storytelling. I think from a comfort food perspective, it'll probably remain. Yeah. But I'm really curious now that we've gone through all of this, because I was thinking about asking you this question now at this point in the episode when we were talking about it at the beginning, but season one, we talked about how story-wise that was a really kind of like chaotic, non-cohesive season. Right. Where do you feel, A, now that we've gone through this, that stands in regards to season one. Like if you could pick a preference Mm. on storytelling and the chaos or cohesiveness that surrounds that for seasons one and season three, where would you put each of them? Do you think season one was more chaotic, less chaotic? I don't know if I would say chaotic is the word. It's more of like, I think that they chose too many directions in season one and didn't end enough of them. Like Mm. they, or they, Old too many lines in like too late in the game um like with luke and chris and max and didn't land enough of them if that makes sense so like if we're just ranking the three that we have rewatched, i would say two three one in okay. terms of storytelling okay just because i think that 
it's like the first season and like the complexity of three despite the chaos that exists with like the amount that we're being told makes up for it because one lacking in its complexity still had that chaos that mm. i totally you know yeah yeah and then the second part of my question was where does that now fall in your rankings as a whole well so <laughs> I can't remember where. So I went back to our season two episode and looked at the rankings to see where we fell for those. And I can't remember what I decided I ended up doing with two because I know throughout the episode I changed my mind and I Mm -hmm. couldn't find where I actually landed on it. Because story wise, I was season five, two, six, one, three, revival, seven. And I... Don't know how much I want to change that, even though I just said three was better than one. Mm. I think I would move four up, not having seen it. I think I would do five, two, six, four, three, one, revival seven. That makes sense. But in personal, this was wild. Okay. (laughs) I had forgotten about this. And in that episode, I had also forgotten about it, that I did five, six, four, three, seven, revival two, one. Which I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, you moved (laughs) two up. I moved two up, and I think I moved two up to above seven, but I can't remember specifically. But now I would do five, six, four, two, three, seven, revival one. That makes sense. You like the revival still more than season one. Yeah. (laughs) I think so. All right. That's okay. When we get back there, Whoa, when we whoa. get there, we can talk about it. We'll reevaluate. Do you want to know yours? Do you still I, remember them? I know. I, I, okay. I would love to hear mine. Story-wise, yours were 5, mm-hmm. 2, 3, 6, 4, 1, Revival, 7. Do you still rank 3 as third? I, I feel like I can't say yes or no. I feel like this will be like a This will be like an after-season 4 situation for me. Yeah. Personal, I don't think it changed because mm. it's two, three, one, five, four, six, revival seven. I think that it would have to wait until after like four, five, and six to really. Yeah, four might move up. I have a feeling. I don't know, or maybe it won't. And speaking of, we're going to go through our season four predictions, but we're going to wait until the next episode. Yeah. And we'll share what our coffee count was in the next episode, and we'll get into our season four predictions. Exciting. And we'll have more to say on that in the next episode. Mm-hmm.